With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Jim Stovall and Angie Austin talking about a long season. This is one of his winner's wisdom columns. He's written over 50 books now. We're headed for 60, and he's working on his ninth movie. Hey, Jim. Hey, it is great to be with you. And uh, this week we are... uh kind of having a tribute to baseball. As a blind guy myself, I am a huge fan of sports on the radio. And with satellite radio now, you can get every game done by the home announcer or the away announcer, and you can get all this stuff. And football and basketball are are good on the radio, but baseball was made for radio. It's just a fabulous, fabulous thing. And everyone of a certain age that's around today remembers being a kid and listening to the ball games on the radio on the little transistor when you were a kid because there was only one game a week on uh, on television and it was generally the the New York Yankees you had to watch the Yankees every week and you know and now you can watch every game or you can listen to every game and not long ago we lost one of the great broadcasters Vin Scully who worked for the Dodgers for 67 years if you can imagine he broadcast games for 67 years starting in 1950 retired in 2017, and, you know, I I always remember how well he did what he did, and, you know, recently I was listening to a West Coast game by one of his, uh, you know, predecessors, and the interesting thing was, you know, at the end, a guy made an error, and a guy, you know, sloughed off and was lazy on a play, they lose the game, and he said, well, guys, it's a long season, we'll be back tomorrow. Well, it is a long season, there's 162 games but generally, a team gets into the playoff by one game. And that one game was invariably won based on one play or one error or one great catch or whatever it was. And, you know, the unfortunate thing about it, you never know when that is. So you have to give 100% all the time. Well, sports is a microcosm of our world, Angie. You know, there are lessons in it for you and me. And you never know what's important. The next meeting, the next phone call, the next person you encounter, the next letter you write, the next email, whatever it is, you never know when that's the pivotal thing that's going to change your absolute world. And and you just don't know when it is. And uh, I'll never forget, I was out in Maui, Hawaii, speaking for a corporation, an international corporation I had never heard of before. They were hiring me, paying me a ridiculous amount of money to come talk to them. And afterwards, uh, they said, well, the CEO would like to have lunch with you. Well, I met and met with this woman, and I said, if you don't ask, if you don't mind my asking, why'd you hire me? She said, I'll be honest with you, I never heard of you before. But she said, we were looking for a speaker, and I remember my granddaughter told me that this guy, this blind guy, came to her school and you were really cool. <laughs> and so I looked you up just so I'd know what my granddaughter was talking about. And I got so taken in by your speeches, that's why you got hired. Well, so I made all this money, not because I'm a great speaker at an arena event in Hawaii. I did because, you know, for a third grade class, I could be cool. 
you know, and you never know what's going to matter. You never know when it's going to be the big deal. You know, we're on trial all the time. Every day is an audition. Isn't that the truth? And I think so many of us forget that. And I know you give a free speech for every one of those high-paying speeches you do. So what a crack up that you got hired because of a free speech to some elementary school, uh, school kids. And then you get to go to Hawaii to some, you know, mega arena and give a speech. Yeah, but I am I am so grateful. And I, I appreciate people that want to do that. And But, you know, aspiring speakers ask me all the time, well, how do you market yourself? How do you become you know, get booked to do all these speeches. If you've been working in the business more than six months or a year and they're not coming in organically, it's because uh, you don't have a good topic or you're not a good speaker. Because, you know, there are a whole lot more people looking for great people on stage than there are speakers. And, uh, you know, and but you've got to look at every time on stage, that's your marketing. That's when you sell yourself to other people. And, um, you know, that's when you, you know, and, and, you know, when you watch baseball games or listen to them, as I do on the radio, well, why, you know, why does a team keep playing hard and the players hustle and they're 27 games out of first place with a week to go? I mean, there's no mathematical way they can do anything. Well, they know, all these players know, hey, I'm, this is an audition. The other teams are watching. I'm going to get signed next year. And uh, what I do right now is going to make a lot of difference. And they realize that. Well, and then also, you know, I, I've heard of people like winging it for speaking events. And one of my friends who is also on a level like you, his name is Ross Schaefer. And he's like, I, 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 no, I don't wing it. He said he met with Bill Gates once and Bill wasn't interested in being on his late night talk show. He did like game, like match game. And he did, um, you know, a, mm-hmm. a Joan Rivers late night show after Joan left the show. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, Bill just walked out a back door and left him in his office and he told him to be brief. <laughs> so he said, I, I winged it that time. And I, I never wing it. He said, it might seem organic or it might seem like I'm winging it. He said, but I'm not winging it at all. Everything's prepared and thought out. And so when you do your speaking events, I know you share your story a lot. Out of curiosity, what do people have you share about? Is it your story or are there specifics about what you've done that they want to focus on? I only write or talk about myself if there's a message for my listeners or my readers. I mean, if you're Abraham Lincoln, there should be a biography. Everything about Abraham Lincoln we should know about and read about. He's famous. Uh, People like me, not so much. I mean, so every time I start talking about me on stage or writing about me in a book, I ask myself the question, so what? Every, Every time I start with the pronoun I, I ask, so what? What does this mean to the average guy out there? I mean, and, you know, and I obviously talk about my life and being blind, but I only talk about it in the context of things that you can learn from this that I've learned from this. And, uh, you know, I mean, talking about how I navigate the hall or the doorways or the things when I can't see, I don't get into that because, you know, thank God, Angel, you don't have to worry about that. I talk about my situation only in the context of what it means to you or the people that read or listen to what I've got to say. I love that. So you talk about business-oriented topics uh, many times. Yeah, generally. I mean, if people are going to pay you a lot of money, they've got to see, you know, if, if our people get this message for an hour, how are we going to get the, that amount to the bottom line? And, you know, and uh, that's, you know, you've got to have a great plan and then great people to implement it, and, and that's how it works. And, uh, you know, so, and I always tell my corporate clients, I'm not going to come here and tell your people what to do. You mm-hmm. tell them what to do. I'm going to tell them why to do it. And you give people the right why, the how and the what takes care of itself. 
Now, I, I, I took a little right turn on your article, but I think this all relates to that every day, you know, you're trying out every day you're on. You never know when something important is going to happen. We were talking about baseball and out of curiosity, as you're listening to these um, broadcasts, because, you know, radio's changed. I do radio and podcasting and, you know, it's changed somewhat. You know, anybody really can do it now. But in terms of, you know, the better people you were mentioning on radio, sometimes you get the, the local, you know, broadcaster, um, the no, local announcer who knows the team and the player and how to pronounce all the names. So really, it's the best listening experience. But I, I have to admit that listening, that a lot of um, radio broadcasts for sports, they're still really popular because it might be the best way with your eyes shut, the most descriptive way to watch a game because TV, it's not as good for you, is it? Because they don't give as many descriptions as they do on the radio. No, they're more likely to say, wow, have you ever seen a play like that? That was the greatest thing I ever saw. And you have no idea what happened. And, you know, and that's fine. Their audience is watching. But there are so many talented people out there today. Uh, you know, if you ever get a chance to listen to Bob Euchre do a Milwaukee Brewers game. And Bob, uh, you know, did a sitcom for years. And he was the guest host for the Tonight Show. He substituted more for Johnny Carson than anybody else ever wow. in history. And he, he is 87 years old and still doing the games every Every night, and he is funny. Wow. You know, or because, that's impressive. You know, and and if a game's six to five in the ninth inning, the game's exciting. If it's twelve to nothing in the eighth inning, uh, you got to be good. Then he he tells stories, and he's funny, and he does. You know, and I mean. He, he revived some of his Miller Lite commercials and all the things he's done. That are, he's one of the funniest humans alive. But he, you know, he realizes it's a show, it's entertainment, and and it's the little things. I, I've told you before. One of my favorite hotels in New York, Crystal and I go a lot, right there at Central Park South, and the the service is just. I, I won't say it's impeccable. It's beyond. It's fanatical. And people are running and serving and anything, you know. And finally, we were getting a cab, and the guy was out in the street getting us a cab and everything. And I asked him, I said, look, who trains you people? What is it that, you know, that I've never seen anything like this. And he said, well, we get paid a fairly modest wage here. And then we are offered one huge bonus at the end of the year that makes us exceedingly well paid. And that bonus for everybody in our company is based on one thing. It's how we serve one mystery client every year. No one time. Way. And he said, and he said, sir, for all I know, you're him, and I'm not going to be the guy that blows the bonus this year. Oh my gosh, that is such a great. What do you mind telling me the hotel? Yeah, I I, I used to mention that. Well, it's a, it's a Trump property, and uh, at Columbus Circle, the Trump International there, and it's something that uh, they put in place uh, years ago. And I used to do a lot of work with Donald before he even got political. He was just uh, Trump, the real estate guy. But, uh, yeah, it's one of his properties. And, you know, and, uh, and you know, he found that, um, you know, the way to do this, if you want phenomenal service, is you pay this huge bonus for everybody to have phenomenal service. And what you get is a positive peer pressure. All the employees are pushing each other to be better. Nobody's slacking off. Nobody's doing anything because uh, they realize we're only going to get paid like the weakest link here. 
Isn't it interesting that, you know, putting politics aside, that you probably don't mention the property as much because if you do, then some comment will be made. I just went to Florida and had one of the single most amazing experiences where I didn't hire an airboat company. I hired a gladesman, this Everglades-man. He lives in Mm -hmm. the Everglades. He's in his 80s. His name is Gerald, and he has this camp called Old Glory Camp, and it's his own boat. He has a couple of them. It's a huge engine because he can even get through the Everglades when it's dry because of the 60-some-odd um, uh, standing ca- fish camps out there. They're in water. There's really no land in this part of the Everglades. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's the only one that lives there full-time, and then he takes you not only on a tour of the Everglades, but he takes you to his camp, which was mind-blowing, and we took my 80-year-old mom as well. But anyway, in posting the pictures, I was a little nervous because he has a giant American flag and a DeSantis. I can't remember if it was you know involving Florida or that he mm-hmm. likes DeSantis for president or what it was, but I thought, oh boy, if I if I post this incredible experience and people see the flag, is it going to take away? And just like your great hotel experience, we have to worry that people are going to judge us by a trip, a comment, the mention of a name, and that they're going to lump us into some kind of a group or make comments about us or them. And then we get into a conversation we have no interest in talking about because I'm talking about some guy in his 80s that lives in the Everglades by himself that takes people on tours that, and it was amazing. It was better than Disney World. And so, anyway, I just thought that was oh, interesting. It, it is so sad, Angie, because we've lost perspective. And, I mean, you know, and I, and I have said this before. I mean, if Joe Biden cured cancer today, and single-handedly Joe Biden has cured cancer, half the people hate it and don't like it and they're opposed to it and they don't like him. And, I mean, you know, I had worked with Donald Trump on stage and we did a book together and he's endorsed several of my books. But I also got invited to and went to the West Wing when Obama was president to meet with them. And, uh, and when you And I got so criticized for that. And, 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 you know, when you go into my conference room next door here in my office, you know, people, if they look at the wall, they say, well, I can't believe you have a, a, a picture of Trump up here. Well, I said, look at the next one. It's Biden. And look at the one before Trump. And, you know, it's, it's Obama. I've got photos or letters with the last six presidents of the United States. I mean, I, I'm not vouching for or not. These are, these are our leaders. You know, I mean, it, it, it's like they're the, they're the pilot of our plane. Win, lose, or draw, we're on, we're on the same plane they are, guys. We've lost perspective. JimStovall.com. You're the best. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Georgetown's tuned to the mighty 670 KLT. You are amazed there are so many home goods that would be useful and look great in your home. Walking into an ARC thrift store is truly one-stop shopping. Imagine yourself finding endless amounts of essential products, furniture, clothing, and other items you need for your house. You've been looking for that home furnishing or clothing item, thinking it would cost too much. And then you realize how reasonably priced your new treasure is. ARC thrift stores offer you countless options of products you can buy. Their thrift stores are clean and organized, and the money you spend there helps other Coloradans with developmental and intellectual disabilities. With over 30 locations in Colorado, ARC Thrift Store is your one-stop shop for great prices and all of your essentials. Visit arcthrift.com. That's A-R-C thrift.com to find the nearest ARC Thrift Store near you. Hey there, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news. I want to challenge you. Yes, you. You know, I have a lot of... uh 
health-oriented uh, guests on the program. You know, as we start to get older, you feel a few aches and pains here, a little stiff there, or your friends are starting to get really sick. One of my friends was just at the gym and lifted too much and tore his pec. Big, strong guy didn't know that he'd pull his pectoral muscle right off his bone. Another one of my friends uh, was diagnosed with cancer about a month ago, but stage zero breast cancer. Already had uh, the mastectomy and reconstruction, and there was no sign of cancer in like one month. Like all of this is over and done with. But it all makes me think, um, you know, or, you know, just about taking care of myself. And as you get older, grandma and grandpa were just telling me because she's having problems walking and he's 80. And then my mom, of course, has problems walking that they wish they would have prepared earlier that each day is a step in that journey of aging. And the better you prepare with each step with each day, the better off you'll be on the other end of the, you know, uh, the second half of your life or the fourth quarter of your life. So uh, I've started to address that a little bit more. I always battle my weight, you know, like a good 10 to 20 pounds kind of up and down over the years, but kind of stopping myself at a certain amount like, whoa, are you kidding me? And then if you are taking like a medication like um, and you've ha- been on it for years, sometimes it's good to reassess. Like I was on a thyroid medication for years. My doctor says my thyroid's fine now. That's unusual, but I don't need it anymore. So I've been able to cut out some medications or maybe even some supplements that were beneficial at one point in time, but that I don't need anymore. You know, I've been reading that book, The Brain Fog Fix by Mike Dow. I've really gotten a kick out of it. And of course, The Great Age Reboot by Dr. Mike Roizen. Um, And those help me at night sleep too. And I feel like I'm learning, like I'll wake up for a minute or two and I'll learn some more and then I'll restart the book the next morning or the next night. And I just feel like I'm taking in a lot of good info. So I'm doing this Conqueror's Challenge right now where I'm virtually walking uh, from uh, basically down the keys of Florida. So I start just above the top key and walk down. I think it's 120 miles. So then you you get a a reward, like a a medal at the end, but it kind of gives you a goal or joining a walking group. That's always a great way. Walking the dogs. That's a great way. Oh, I got a new dog. I can't talk about it much yet because I'm kind of in the doghouse myself with my husband because I wasn't supposed to get another. But Butch is a Pomchi. He weighs 15, 16, 17 pounds. Lulu is a five pound white Pomeranian. I'm so in love. I can't even talk about it. It's just, it's true love. But again, still in trouble with the husband, but... Uh, I'll work on that. I mean, we've been in, we've been happily married for 20 years, so this isn't going to change anything in the long run. Maybe we've just been unhappily married for one day because he's not happy with me. All right, changing gears. We're still talking about health. When you hear that word cancer, like my friend just did, and it affects you know you or one of your loved ones, the automatic response for many of us is fear. And today we're learning about some game-changing treatments that also limit the debilitating side effects of chemo. Lung cancer is by far the leading cause of cancer death among all Americans, more than breast colon and prostate cancers all put together. And while the stats are a reminder of the severity of the disease, advances advances in lung cancer treatments are also providing much needed hope for all cancer diagnosed patients, which is good because some people see that the treatment, the chemo can feel worse than the disease sometimes they, they believe. Well, joining us in a sponsored interview is an expert in the area, Dr. Keith Laro, oncologist with Wilson Regional Medical Center. Welcome, doctor. Good morning, Angie. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, we all know about some of those, you know, negative side effects of chemo, 
And uh, as I mentioned, some people say the treatment feels worse than the cancer itself. So you, you now have a new treatment for the side effects of some chemotherapy specifically for small cell lung cancer patients. Let's talk about that. Well, yes, indeed. Uh, most of us has, have known someone or other or several people who have gone through cancer treatment with chemotherapy. And, uh, we know that it, depending on the drug and depending on the uh, condition of the patient, there can be nausea, vomiting, dehydration, fatigue, malaise, low blood counts, anemia, uh, fevers, um, hair loss. And these Potential side effects have led some people to choose not to take treatments because they believe, because of people that they've known in the past, that the treatment was worse than the disease. And with others who were on the treatments, they just couldn't tolerate the treatment and they went off early, thereby not deriving the benefit from the treatment. Well, how does the new treatment work? Is it, does it just get rid of some of those bad side effects? How does it work? Well, uh, you know, in in recent years, people have been trying, one focus has been to get new chemotherapy drugs that more selectively go for the bad cells than the good cells. These are called targeted therapies. Uh This is somewhat different from that. This is where we're trying to be able to better utilize the older drugs, which are less selective for the cancer cells, by coming up with a new agent that can be administered before the chemotherapy is administered. So the patient will show up at the doctor's office in the morning, and two or three hours before the chemotherapy is even administered, they will receive an infusion of the new agent, which will get into the blood and be distributed throughout their body and will selectively go to the good cells and essentially put like a halo or a shell around the good cells so that an hour or two later when the chemotherapy is administered, it can go straight to the cancer cell, do the damage, uh, paralyze and kill those cells, and simply bypass the good cells, thereby reducing the uh, fatigue, the low blood counts, the nausea, the dehydration, and the malaise. Oh, it's a good visual, like a little shield, like you'd have like old school in war when you have your, you know, your uh, sword and your shield. Or I was thinking even like a little marshmallow around it, like a little pillow to protect the cell. That's a great analogy. (laughs) All right. So is this breakthrough crucial for just small cell lung cancer patients or is it also working for other types of cancer patients as well? This has been approved currently by the FDA in small cell lung cancer. That's the first disease state that it was studied in, but there's hope that it will be, uh, with further research, extended to other cancer types such as colon cancer, breast cancer, and prostate cancer uh, due to the need for ongoing research and uh, scientific validation. It is not yet available in other types of cancers, but hopefully soon to come. So, Doctor, why is this uh, breakthrough so crucial specifically for small cell uh, lung cancer patients? Is this, is this an area where people in the past were more likely to decline or, or opt out early of their treatment? Let's talk, talk specifically about small cell lung cancer patients and why this breakthrough is so crucial for them. Yes, indeed. Uh, Some of the best treatments were around when I was in training over 20 years ago. And the the good, even back then, the good news was that the drugs were very effective against the cancer cells. But the bad news was that the the toxicity was very high. So it it makes a lot of sense to, uh, in small cell lung cancer patients, to, uh, to trial this drug and show its effectiveness because 
the a very uh, it's a very aggressive cancer that has a high propensity for the tumors to grow, for the tumors to spread, for it to metastasize, and we have highly effective drugs available that are limited in their ability to be delivered by the side effects. So, by protecting the healthy tissues before administering the chemotherapy drugs and reducing the side effects, we can get more of these effective drugs in the patients, thereby improving the likelihood that they will respond and have better outcomes. It sounds kind of like an almost miracle breakthrough to me. Indeed. Let's talk about, um, uh, you know, in in the future, what are some of the things you see that we may be close to coming to? I, I interview a health and longevity doctor from the Cleveland Clinic every week, and I love to hear, like, this is in research, this is in research, like, this is what I'm hoping for in the future. So if I said, hey, Dr. Laro, in, like, the next, um, you know, five to ten years, what do you see hope maybe coming through the pipeline for medical advancements that you see as, as a real possibility for the not-so-distant future? Mm-hmm. Well, for, for, for the uh, type, some, some cancers these days are not even treated much with chemotherapy anymore. Our treatment paradigms have shifted. There have been more breakthroughs in the last five years than, they, than there had been in the prior 20. Certain wow. diseases are rarely even treated anymore with chemotherapy because we have more targeted therapies. However, there's still a lot of cancers, uh, especially breast cancer and colon cancer, where, co- where chemotherapy is the backbone of treatment. This is where we're hoping that research on this class of chemoprotectant drugs will continue to advance and allow us to have uh, better outcomes and more effective uh, treatments. Otherwise, um, biomarker testing currently in oncology is at the forefront of care. That's where people, individual biopsy specimen of their individual cancer can be tested for a genetic fingerprint. Some of these um, tests will test uh, for up to 360 or more mutations to see if there could be any uh, targeted agents that would be more selective for the cancer cells. And uh, every several months, we have a new drug that is approved uh, for uh, specific cancers with specific mutations. It's called targeted therapy. That is a huge push in the future. Uh, immunotherapy is big um, right now. And in the future, vaccines are, are under investigation and hold some hope for the future. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's uh, the targeted therapies fasting. I mean, I, I didn't even think about cancer vaccines. How cool is that? I love um, Dr. Lero because I've done 25 years in TV in Los Angeles and Denver, all over the country and radio that I get to interview fascinating people like you. And I, I, it's fun for me to ask, like, where your passion for this line of work uh, came from? Did you always want to be a doctor? What led you to this, and in particular, in particular, this 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 specialty, uh, and you know, what satisfaction does it give you in terms of pursuing this as your you know life's work? Mm-hmm. Well, I I started off doing basic research, learning a lot about molecular biology. I learned the basic principles of DNA, RNA, protein, cell biology, cell nucleus, molecular biology. Was doing bench research. When I decided to go into clinical medicine, I had a background knowledge of cancer, and just the fact that um, you know, I, I wanted when I when I chose a clinical subspecialty, I wanted to really get my hands on, so to speak, people who really needed an intervention, who needed some help, uh, both you know clinically and also where the you know the supportive care. And, and, you know, being there for them was important. So I, I really uh, gravitated towards 
move, you know, finding patients who were really sick, who really needed help, and where up-and-coming treatments were offering hope and, change, and changing the outcomes. And some of the cancers now, 20 years after I've started in practice, there are many pra- cancers where the natural history of the disease is completely different from where when I was starting. I have melanoma patients who 20 years ago would have never survived. I have chronic leukemia patients who um, are, are living decades. And so it's just exciting to be in this field. Yeah, it must be pretty satisfying, especially to see those huge changes over the years. Absolutely. Well, thank you for all you do for others, doctor. Uh, where can we get more information if people want to look into uh, this new, you know, pretty much miraculous treatment where a couple hours before chemo, they can go in and, and uh, not leave feeling as, as horrible as many people used to after their treatments? Where can they go to get more info on all of this? Uh, Lung Cancer Foundation of America is a great um, resource. And if one goes to LCF America. Dot org. Uh, you can learn about this and other exciting breakthroughs in lung cancer. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Laro. Thanks for all you're doing for others and for your work and for sharing so much uh, great uh, new info with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.